0: Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about things weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, I'm a chubby chaser, and I am sitting looking at a beautiful crepe myrtle tree outside my window while in quarantine.
1: How peaceful. I'm Trevor Kizan, I am a super chub, and I am very frustrated uh, with some of the technological issues we've been having during these
2: difficult times. These very difficult times. I am Michael. I am a chaser and I am, I am empathetically frustrated on Trevor's behalf because I've been trying to fix these technological issues and I have been royally unhelpful. And it's, it's, I just yearn for the days when we were all sitting in the same room and I could do all of these things.
3: How we didn't appreciate (laughs) those days, you know?
2: I know. Everyone
3: should have a Michael on staff. It's important. (laughs) Uh, My name's Don. I'm a chubby guy living here in Hollywood and I am marveling at the amount of lighting i've set up in my bedroom for
2: yeah yeah for audio recording
3: i'm looking really good for audio recording you know i think it's great
2: yeah he's and the the webcam is crystal clear Uh, guys we are there's so many things happening right now on our show that nobody else can see but we can And i like it so basically
0: all the stuff that's going right is profitless for the listener
1: yeah (laughs) exactly absolutely
2: and everything that's going wrong like for instance right now Unfortunately, Trevor's microphone is not working. We're going to try and get that fixed before next week. But uh, yeah, for now, we get a phone instead of the proper microphone.
3: Yeah, Well, two out of our four microphones seem to be having cutting in and out issues.
1: Yeah. Michael discovered this uh, last two. I mean, technically it was Wednesday at, you know, like 12.01 mm. a.m. when he sat down to edit. You did a very good job getting around the issues. But there, I, there are a few points where I sound like a robot. And that is because my mic decided to just have some fun and make me sound like a robot.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't work well for this format. Um, no. So, yeah, there were there were a couple things. We didn't lose anything too major, but we did lose our, our Lizzo watch last week, which I think oh. we can just add that to this one. Fuck, what was it? It was her birthday.
1: Oh, it was. Oh, my God. She didn't hear. She's probably no, not she going to listen hear. to this episode because she's like.
2: They didn't wish me happy birthday. No, it's my birthday. (laughs) We fail. We're no longer 100% that bitch. We're just 90% (laughs) now.
1: (laughs) And it's like a Lyft or Uber where you get four stars, like you're gone.
2: Yeah. It sinks your rating. Uh, We're we're sorry. We're sorry. Come back. (laughs) Forgive us, Lizzo. (laughs) So I don't know about everyone else, but
1: I am so tired of... Uh, every commercial being a COVID commercial. Oh, oh my god. god!
3: During this hard time, these difficult times, we want you to know that we still want your money.
1: Uh, I honestly would be less offended at this point if it's like, "Hey, fuck you! We don't care about you. You're gonna buy our stuff. Give us your money." I, I had please, two, please sell
0: us something. Please stop talking about COVID and sell us something.
1: I had two non-COVID commercials in a row yesterday. And it was thrilling. The first was for uh, Wendy's breakfast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and the second was some bizarre shampoo I'd never heard of. But I was like, oh my, mm-hmm. it's
2: wonderful. It's
1: just an escape. I never thought commercials would be an escape,
2: but now they can be. <laughs> they can be a reminder of a simpler time. My favorite thing is that Now you can see the commercials where they clearly weren't able to go out and shoot new footage for it. So they use like their backlog of pre-existing footage Mm. for different commercial generic, happy young
3: white people. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And
2: you can just see the like in a way it is actually making commercials worse. Like just by making them generic. I gotta is... say, I am
3: grateful that they announced themselves with the same line at the start of every one of the during this hard time. <laughs> these trying times. Or mm-hmm. during difficult these difficult times. Or during these trying times. To- it's like it was just one writer with a thesaurus uncertain. writing all of them.
2: Yeah yeah so thank you for joining us once again for our (laughs) our weekly covid bitch session (laughs) um this is how we
3: save on therapists we make you listen to our Mm. bitching
2: (laughs) there is there is an actual show in here at some point um so trevor as we as we focus our thoughts yes during these difficult um, times it's still Lizzo Watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so last week, uh, Lizzo Watch got eaten by my robot voice. <laughs> but last week was Lizzo's birthday. So happy birthday, Lizzo. Happy belated. Belated birthday. We, we love you. Thank you for... Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, doing everything you do. One of our Um, most
2: valuable, valued and treasured listeners.
1: Yes. Lizzo is the one who's always behind you at the end of the episode. Yes! Uh, um, But, you know, we're we're very grateful for the great things you do, including kind of keeping us alive on TikTok, which um, I only have Hmm. seen these Lizzo TikToks from other things because TikTok, for those of you who don't know... Is an app which is um, it's Instagram but only video and it's on crack because it never ends. It is an endless <clears throat> cycle of videos which I find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I whenever I use it, I'm like, how do how do I stop it? How do I make it stop? I just want to. <laughs> how do I get out of TikTok? Which I just quit
2: because I want to get off the ride.
1: <laughs> I can't figure out how to make the videos stop. It just keeps going. But that being said, Lizzo had a very great uh, workout TikTok. And also a, uh, a video of her making a vegan McChicken, uh, which is just, it's really? full circle, you know, a little bit of workout, a little bit
2: of uh, a processed version of a processed food.
0: I was going to say, yeah. yeah, let's have a fake food of yeah. fake food.
2: Um, and I remember, the McChicken is the healthier choice at McDonald's, and then the vegan McChicken is the even healthier choice of the healthy choice. Yeah,
0: because the healthiest <laughs> form of food is no food. Vegan does not necessarily mean healthy. No.
2: By any stretch of the imagination. No. Done. Spoilers.
1: That's like the the Hail Hydra of food. (laughs) (laughs) Just all these unhealthy vegan foods saying Hail Hydra.
2: Have you had a chance to try uh, Lizzo's Vegan McChicken?
1: Uh, I have not. Um, unfortunately, I only have chicken, <laughs> <gasps>
2: Trevor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, you could make a non-vegan version of the vegan meal.
1: <laughs> you know, just
0: it's called chicken.
3: It's <laughs> just a chicken, chicken It's called fucking Wait, chicken. <laughs>
2: you adapt a meat dish though.
3: based on the vegan dish based mm. on a meat dish. It's just.
2: Did she have pickles on it? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember. <gasps> not a McChicken. All I'm saying, the truth is out there.
3: I don't think the McChicken McChickens, signature
1: McChickens
2: is
3: a pickle. You're thinking the hate chicken.
2: No. Well, maybe not here. I worked in a McDonald's. I know.
3: Okay.
1: That just think- uh, created a bunch of fantasies for some of the listeners. What? That just is a... It's, oh, I... Do you still have your McDonald's uniform? <laughs> like, oh, no, I, no Mr. I, I, McDonald's employee, I don't have my wallet. How am I going to pay for this <laughs> chicken? <laughs> why? Why?
2: What? Um. I left that life behind me a long, long year ago. You do it for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I have not made
1: a, a Lizzo vegan McChicken. I've actually, this is, I think, a. I have been rationing my flour. Because <laughs> Wisely. <laughs> I almost bought more, but I'm like, I have flour. I don't need to panic buy. <laughs> Which is a good segue to something that Don shared with all of us.
3: So it's good that you stocked up on flour because apparently a lot of people have. And I know that yeast is still missing in all of L.A. And um, I found a small cache of flour and stocked up myself recently. Uh, But it's hard to find. As uh, Karen White on Medium
1: wrote about.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> before this, we really, Tell us what Karen said. Before we do a
1: deep dive, let's just appreciate the name. Karen, Karen, White. Karen White. <laughs> White. Yeah,
3: Karen White. Yes. I, I think everybody thought it was a joke at first, but nope, this is a legit woman um, who basically wrote an article on, on uh, Medium. Saying that baking bread is a way of life for her, not a hobby. And quoting from the article, so when you buy up all the flour and leavening ingredients for the sake of petty photos on your Instagram feed, (laughs) you are literally (laughs) taking food from my mouth and the mouths Uh. of other families who also do their own baking so that you can provide health, so that uh, they can provide healthy food for their families. She's talking
0: to you, Don. She's talking to you.
3: She is talking to me. She's She's 100% (laughs) talking to me. But now, this is what I have to point out. This is not a woman who is saying uh, like she had to do it for economic reasons. Right. She was bitching because she couldn't find organic flour. Like it wasn't even just flour. She couldn't find organic flour. <sighs> oh,
0: and she trumpets that uh, fact. She trumpets that. Yes, oh, yeah. I am one of those people who insist on having the water, uh-huh. be organic water in my coffee.
2: You know, the ones you offer them a plate of food and they look at it suspiciously asking, is that organic? <laughs> 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 she that's. And yep. that's a quote. That's a direct quote. And, and the other thing I people. would have
3: found acceptable is like if she was saying, like, I have celiac disease and I can't find gluten free flour. But no, she's just bitching that she can't bake because and relax while baking and make it part of her lifestyle because other people are doing the same.
2: Mm-hmm. How taking away dare privilege.
3: you do the thing I enjoy and take it
1: away from me? Bitch, even, no. <laughs> even if she was just trying to, like, gatekeep bread, ba- like just gatekeeping baking would be a less terrible take yeah. than what she did. And or like I was like, is when I first saw people talking about it, I'm like, is this going to be against like panic buying? Because I did have flour. I did not stock up on flour because I'm like, I have flour. Or if it was t- tackling the whole thing of like people being at the store panicking and being like, I need to buy flour in case I need to make my own bread. Because it's like there is a lot of people who probably bought flour who are not making bread, but they're like, I got to have it because one of these days someone's going to start blowing up the bread trucks and then I'll be glad that I <laughs> yeah. bought my 20 pounds of flour.
0: It's those terrorist it, cracker companies blowing up the bread I, trucks.
2: <laughs> it's. Can I just read? This is my favorite paragraph and, uh, and then we can, we can move on from this crazy lady. Karen, spelled by the way, C-A-R-E-N. Well that's she the vegan cares. spelling, yes. It's yeah. a <laughs> <laughs> So quote Karen, here's the problem. It's economics one oh one, supply and demand. Before the pandemic, very few people did scratch baking, so the grocery stores carried only limited supplies of flour and leavening. Both go bad, so they don't want it hanging around the shelves for too long, hence the limited quantities. That was okay. There was always enough for those of us who needed it. But now, <laughs> but, but there is not enough now that we are competing with a bunch of dilettante bakers who care nothing for anyone but themselves. End quote.
0: Part of me just wonders, like, is this just clickbait? It's so absurd. Is this just clickbait? No, this mean, is a real it's woman. So long. Who,
3: like, uh, are there are a couple articles online about her now that, like, went back into her posting history. And apparently, like, I haven't read the original post, but apparently, she's like rabidly homophobic. Um, she's like a gardening supremacist. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: like, which oh. even a, a less terrible take, given she, like, in her bio says she's in the garden, a less terrible take would have been, like, consider gardening, gardening if you're looking for a hobby. But it's not even that. It's just this like. Well, she doesn't want dilettante
0: gardeners, too.
3: (laughs) Well, and the funny thing is, immediately one of the responses I saw to this first was from a gardener saying, like, I garden. All of a sudden, all of the seedlings are missing from Home Depot. And you know what? (laughs) That's fine. Go plant things. (laughs) There are seeds. I'll be fine. So, yeah, just no, Karen, you have issues. I, I do not regret the fact that you had to flee social media due to backlash
2: can i can i end on a on a funny comment which is also a pun from one of the a commenter on this particular uh article from <laughs> hank g hank says next she should write an article telling everyone that they should stop buying toilet paper because she needs it all because she's so full of shit <laughs> ah,
3: there
2: you Zing. go <laughs> thank you hank
3: so this article segs very nicely into one of the things that we were talking about today Dan, what is it that we're talking about today? Okay. I
0: thought that since the day this episode drops is International No Diet Day, May 6th, uh, we should talk a little bit about mm-hmm. International No Diet Day. Uh, I had the privilege of uh, speaking at a conference during this time in Berlin in 2012, I think it was. And I was the only American invited to this conference. And part of the conference is that we all went down to the Alexanderplatz with our signs and our tables and uh we stood up for international no diet day and it was a uh international no diet day dates back to 1992 oh, wow. uh when a british woman just said you know enough of this diet thing what would it be like if we just had one day one day when we didn't obsess about right food wrong food and how much do i weigh and it was a very small uh, uh protest at first in started in england and it has become international in Israel, in France, in Belgium, in America, uh, all over the world. And uh, like I said, nice. I, was there, I was
3: there in Berlin.
2: You were there. Yeah, and we we handed out we handed out junk food. He was in the room when it happened.
3: Oh, cue the music. <laughs> so one of the reasons why this seems to be coming to the forefront right now is due to the COVID nineteen thing, driving people inside, and giving like giving life to this new posting online of everyone complaining about gaining weight. While they're in, or even right. just the fear of it, yeah. the
1: what has been dubbed the the COVID nineteen, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, meaning the nineteen pounds you gain while hiding from COVID nineteen.
1: Right. But mm-hmm.
3: it's it's sort of become all encompassing. I, I I'm hard pressed to find many people online who haven't commented on, oh no, I'm gaining so much weight during this time.
2: I've done it. I admit it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's occurred to me. I think it's I think on the one hand, it's understandable for people to express disappointment in the fact that they can't do what they normally would do to take care of themselves that I get that, but that's not really just what's happening. What's happening is that people are fixating on the fear of getting fat. And, mm-hmm. and that I think can get very toxic, very quickly.
3: and legitimizing fatophobia and all that kind of stuff in the process. Just making it seem as though getting fat is a worse fear than freaking dying from COVID-19, which is why we're hiding inside mm-hmm. in the first place. Like, like, right. The priorities are getting shifted around. I would argue that they haven't shifted. That's actually just revealed what the
0: priorities always were. Because, you know, for a lot of if you're in the business of trying to stay thin, it's not a matter of being healthy. It's really a matter of having more acceptable health problems while looking healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, per, the person who has cancer is or who is on speed. I mean, oh, you've lost so much weight. You look great. You, you don't know why they've lost weight. And the idea that disordered eating, uh, this is very common, for example, with athletes uh, go through all sorts of tortured diets and exercise routines to not gain weight, to not gain weight, to not gain weight or models. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's the aesthetic. And, you know, so if they shorten their life a little bit, hey, that's fine. At least they're not fat. Right. What this comes under the heading of is what's called disordered eating. So there's, there's eating Mm. disorders and that's one thing. So like bulimia, uh, anorexia nervosa, but then there's something just called disordered eating, which is not widely agreed upon as a solid definition, but its characteristics are things like, uh, good foods and bad foods. Uh, you restrict consumption because of, uh, not, not because you're not hungry, but because it's, you, you need to be hungry so you don't gain weight or for some other reason. Uh, Some people have said that intermittent fasting is a kind of disordered eating.
2: Right. So when you say good food, bad food, that immediately makes me think of, Trevor, what you said, I think it was last week, actually, you're talking, you're telling him about assigning. And I kind of wanted to ask you more about that because Don, you had a reaction about not not wanting to assign morals to food, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a really interesting way to put that because that really feels like it's at the crux of a lot of people who have, who feel like they have to go on diets to, control their weight is that they associate good and bad with foods or like the idea that you are good or bad depending on what foods you eat
1: yeah one i think also that's a lot of where kind of this people's fear and anxieties right now are coming from because the lines of everything are blurred right now and everything time is a flat circle <laughs> so people aren't really a lot of people aren't getting like normal meal times or aren't um able to really Have normal meals because, like, if they're for whatever reason, if they can't go to the store, they're only doing takeout, they only have like frozen foods. It's just kind of every aspect of our life has changed, including how we get food, how we're eating. Yeah. People are getting hyper fixated on what they're eating because, especially at this point, like, maybe the first week it just kind of felt like a really long snow day. (laughs)
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um or maybe a, a smog day if you're from california <laughs> or something but people just are i think you know looking for things to fixate on whether it be making bread <laughs> or uh you know in my case animal crossing
2: i have been escaping <laughs> to my tiny animal village as i have been saying for several weeks now many that's been um, so many of my friends are living in animal crossing world
1: Yes, but also this kind of loss of the outside world is causing people to, um, a lot of people are relapsing into different addictions or eating disorders. Yeah, that's certainly true. Yeah. So it's easy to get into this mindset of, oh, I shouldn't be eating so many cookies because cookies are bad. You know, I should be getting more vegetables because vegetables are good foods, but I can't get vegetables. Like we uh, did a yeah. Instacart order and... Uh, We tried to just get more spinach because we enjoy bagged spinach either, you know, as a salad or sauteing it. And the guy was uh, Instacart or whatever the.
3: Instacartistas, shopper.
1: (laughs) Oh, I like Cartista. Um, Cartista. My Cartista was like, there is no spinach in the store. Hmm. Like, there is zero spinach. Like, there is, I cannot replace it. There is no kind of spinach in any form. So I think then, like, it's. I think also then people are getting even like more food anxieties because it's like, I can't eat healthy. Like, you know, there's this sense of like, I can't eat healthy. I can't get this. I can't get this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know.
3: Especially during that first week, you would just eat what you could find, yeah. you
1: know?
2: Right. So that, the, yeah, the idea of like anxiety is what really fascinates me with all of this, because I think there is something to be said for knowing your own issues and, and learning how to cope with your own issues over time. But then when you see those same issues reflected in everybody else and it starts to become this echo chamber of the same narrative over and over and over again, it takes on its own life. It's not just it's not just people saying like, oh, I don't like that other, you know, somebody's making a joke about the COVID-19. It's the fact that everybody is making the joke about COVID-19. And it becomes this like pervasive experience, like every time you go online, which is what most of us spend our time doing right now you're getting this bombarded with the same message over and over that you didn't used to be or if you did it was only from certain people that you could tune out and now it's coming from everywhere yeah but there's a name for that
0: there's actually a name for that it's called diet culture
2: yeah and it's i think it's just coming forward now even more so for people who who don't necessarily do that all the time normally
3: well i think that's part of it is that everyone deals with stress in different ways right but when you're trapped in, a, in an apartment or a house and you can't or you can't interact with other people, that may knock out the stress coping mechanisms of like two thirds of the country. So all of a mm-hmm. sudden they're stuck at home. They don't have a system to de-stress that they really use normally. So stress eating becomes sort of the easiest go to for a lot of folks, especially because and this is one of the things I thought was very interesting. During that first week of looting uh, in the supermarkets, all of the healthy food went away. Like the like the whole bread, whole grains, whole beans, um, and the, the shelves, at least at my Trader Joe's and my Ralph's, chips, cookies, candies, all of those were still there, right? So after the panic subsides and people got bored, that was the food that was around to bring back <laughs> and sort of soothe yourself <laughs> with.
2: Yeah, um, that's, that's that, really interesting.
3: That became the recreational food.
1: I am curious though because I'm wondering how much of that is an LA thing. Valid. <laughs> like I'd be curious, people from the Midwest who listen, was that the, still the case in uh, like the Chicago area or Peoria? Peoria. Um, yeah. Peoria wow, we both or, went to Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. Um, <laughs> because food culture in LA is very different than food culture in
0: well, Chicago. And, and I like, wonder. I think
1: there would be. Uh, I'm imagining like sausage brats uh, <laughs> would be much harder to come by in the Chicago area than I like. You could get meat here; like the the meat was pretty plentiful. Yeah, initially, I, I,
0: I wonder though if it's a matter of supply and it's 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 the distribution. For example. Maybe the reason that the the healthy food left the supermarket first was because it was the least stocked, whereas, of course, there's 100 more bags of Cheetos in the storeroom like we're not running out of that because we because that stuff flies off the shelf. But, you know, the Ezekiel bread with sesame, you know, I I find that rather hard to find because, you know, there's only three of those loaves (laughs) and they're delivered once a week.
2: Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I'm sure that the supply and demand has changed drastically since this all kicked in. Like yeah. what people are going out and, and looking for does seem to be very different. The grocery than, store like,
0: manager the grocery store manager told me that uh, it's not a matter of whether they carry it or not. Like I asked, are you still carrying this or is it just depleted? Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not even a matter of that. We don't know what we carry anymore. The distributors show up, we put it on the shelves and we do that every day like it's it's wow. it's they it's no longer a question of have they ordered it it's they've ordered everything and it, whether it
3: shows up or not is anyone's guess yeah
0: hmm.
3: and there is still some strange scarcity in la like i today after we're done recording i'm going to go to a short drive to a woman who has returned from oregon with a supply of toilet paper and yeast for me <laughs> <laughs> that's an odd combination but this is okay. my world now i am I am getting some black market yeast and toilet paper.
1: You're gonna rub it on your gums to make sure. It's a good <laughs> of course. Yeah, this will get a nice rise.
3: <laughs> you know. And now with the anticipation of an upcoming meat shortage, like it's, I I can I can see that we're gonna probably have some more stress eating ahead.
2: Here's what my question is, though, because and I don't know if it's been long enough to actually start to tell the difference here, but I know that in a lot of cases, the reason the toilet paper was running out was not just because people went out and bought a bunch, but it was because that people were always home relying on toilet paper from home that they weren't normally like you would go to work a lot of people go to work and use the toilet at the Mm. work and and so you'd split your supply whereas now everyone's home and so all of the and i think the same applies for food like in restaurants or food trucks or Mm. cafeterias like all of that food at what point does it start filtering back to where we can get access to it you know, where they would get their yeah, supplies yeah. normally, how does that change and start filling in in the supermarkets where we're shopping? Yeah, or that's, that's is really it, smart,
0: Michael. Yeah. there's 10 hours a day where the f- consumption of everything is shifting to the supermarket,
3: whereas it would have been outsourced yeah. somewhere
0: else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well,
3: and in LA, at least, a lot of restaurants are opening up as uh, basically little bodegas too. Mm-hmm. They're yes. selling mm-hmm. off whatever raw ingredients they have. Uh, a lot of the bakers I know in the area are getting their yeast from bakeries or that one person who broke and bought the 25 pound of yeast bag from Cost Costco. Costco mm. And now they're going to spend the rest of their life distributing yeast to anyone who will take it.
2: So Dan, when we talk about like th- the reason this idea of like basically fat phobia becoming incredibly open now, not just that it's prevalent, but that it is, ev- it is open and it's an in- on everybody's tongue at this point, it seems like at least when we talk about like, eating disorders and like triggers for people that have to learn how to deal with these things on a day-to-day basis. Does that like, how much worse does that get? Is it a cumulative effect? Or is it something that they've already learned to deal with? Like when it's something that you can't escape. Well, I I think you guys,
0: I think you guys have really done a great job of, of touching a lot of these. In some cases it's, as Don said, the, the, the coping mechanism which for a lot of people might've been community might've been outdoor activity might've been socializing all of that's, uh, you know, that's gone. Uh, for the, the, my point was just that the diet culture is always there. It's why you have things called guilt-free potato chips. It's why Mm -hmm. you have things called chips. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anything that has the word guilt-free or good in the, in the, in the marketing, like it's holier than literally holier than thou, which is what, to me is the call back to this woman with the bread. It's that holier and the the holier than thou attitude about food. And, Mm -hmm. but, but you know, you're quite right. When, when people's external gaze is more limited, the internal gaze starts to turn up. And sometimes that can be good. Like, you know, looking at yourself and meditation and things like that. And sometimes it becomes self obsessive. Like how much do I weigh? How much do I weigh now? What am I eating? Oh my God, I've had two chips or six chips. I can't remember. Oh my God.
1: I think a lot of people are, um, especially college students who have been displaced, or people who have gone home to, you know, take care of their parents, are back in these situations where they're back in an environment where they are under in a microscope. Absolutely. And you know, falling into old relationship patterns and behavior patterns of, um, you know, well, honey, are you really? Do you really need those chips? Do you really need to make that loaf of bread? Yeah. Mm.
3: My Mm -hmm. mother is still asking me if I've gained weight every time we talk.
1: Wow.
0: Wow! Because that's the most important mm -hmm. thing to monitor. She
3: hasn't even asked how I'm feeling. It's just like, are you gaining weight?
2: Oh, man. Um, I'm sorry. But
3: my mother aside, um, it it puts us in this interesting situation of like, I think most of the people posting these things would never think of themselves as fat phobic, right? Like, I'll use this one friend I've got on Facebook as an example where like, There is there is nothing directly fat phobic about him. He's always been fine towards me and very open to forming a relationship. I never felt judged by him in any way. But uh, last week, he put up a post like once this is all done, could we declare like a second two week quarantine so all of us can get our sit ups in and Mm. start, you know, doing some jogging and blah, 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 blah. And he's not saying that about other people. He's making a statement about himself. Yeah, Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes it harder to have a conversation with somebody when they're not, they don't feel they're talking about you. They don't feel they're talking about anyone else. Ultimately, they're talking about themselves, not realizing that that's casting a shadow over everyone around them. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a difficult conversation to have.
0: And I think every fat person has that friend. Who oh God, is yes. who is thin and whines about that 10 pounds. Oh, I can't believe I gained five pounds this weekend. Oh, I, I feel so bloated. And you know, you at 350 or 450, if you're like, shut the fuck up. And that mm-hmm. idea that mm-hmm. this fitness junkie is so shamed by his eating that he can't go out in public without a two-week training period. I mean, wow.
2: Really? Wow. I think. Like, is it possible I, I might this might be just asking too much or this might not be relevant, but is it possible that we can reframe the fact that, you know, m- maybe it feels like or maybe it's accurate that everybody is kind of adding to this cacophony of like, I don't want to gain this weight while I'm in quarantine. And that's becoming this like collective voice. But can we shift that to, to have it be a collective agreement that nobody is going to come out of this fitter like if that's <laughs> what at you're least obsessed the people with that do, we're gonna hate them you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what michael's like, pointing if, to if if that's what we're obsessed with can we just accept the fact that nobody is going to come out of this looking the same way they went in it's not possible exactly and like that's okay that that can be fine and we're all in the same boat and
3: that's part of it like it's whatever mechanism you have to get through this very sudden eternally life-changing or shattering event if you need to eat a cookie or two to get through this, I think that's okay.
1: <laughs> There's an unspoken agreement that I think everyone's going to come out of this looking different, whether it be maybe you've gained some weight. Maybe you gave yourself a haircut that didn't quite work <laughs> out. <laughs> I've gained a lot of um, hair weight. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you... Uh, Took up a stick and poke tattoo uh, as a hobby (laughs) and gave yourself some uh,
2: teardrop tattoos. Maybe you decided you're going to learn finger picking on your guitar and you let your fingernails grow out to Wolverine length. You know, like as one does.
3: (laughs) The point is. (laughs) Hold up Um, your hand, Mike. Hold up your hand. (laughs) You do you. You get through this whatever way you need to as best you can.
2: So in that vein. Um, this article on allure, one of the articles that we're referencing, which we will put links up to in uh, our episode page for the website, uh, has a couple resources at the end of it for you know if you're struggling. I think specifically in this case with with eating disorders, but I think it can be relevant to anyone who's struggling with this this influx of of negativity. Uh, she posts a couple resources. Um, that you could you could access uh, Dan I don't know if you're more familiar with these than I am
0: Yeah she mentions the uh, NEDA which is the National Eating Disorders Helpline uh, and there's a toll free number and uh, you can send a text and just get someone to call you back for people who Real are, quick the
2: number And the number the, numbers, the, tel- is-
0: the, the telephone number is 1 800 931 2237 and uh, if for 24/7 support you can text NETA, NEDA and EDA to 741 741- seven four one and something I want to say about anorexia and bulimia a lot of people think oh yeah of course fat people have the eating disorders they eat too much no that's not what we're talking about it's actually possible to be uh, fat and bulimic it's even possible to be fat and anorexic because what anorexia is is this idea that you're gonna starve yourself you're gonna stay away from food and a lot of people who uh, are you suffer from uh, malnutrition because they're so terrified of gaining any more weight and they have this idea that if I just stop eating yeah, that that has a lot in common with anorexia that fear that control
2: um so we'll we'll share the links to the to the articles and at the bottom of the allure.com story you can find all of this information mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i think on on a very basic level uh, if you're finding that this is pervasive and ruining your your experience online which a lot of people have to be online right now just to stay connected um just sometimes just unfollowing people for a short amount of time in fact facebook added a function where you can unfollow somebody for a set for like a day or a week so you don't like if you don't want to make it a permanent choice but you just need some freedom for the next week you can you can choose somebody and say unfollow for a week and you know if, if that's helpful for you that can that can be a way to do that uh trevor uh give us give us our bit so i had a, originally a uh kind
1: of a junk food themed game, um, but my computer ate it. (laughs) (laughs) How ironic. (laughs) Which seems appropriate.
2: Oh my God. Um, But I was able to kind of
1: recover part of it. So it's kind of a, I have two very contrasted diets that I thought would be kind of on theme since it's no diet day. Uh, So the first is from 2010 and there was a um, professor of nutrition who went on something he called the Twinkie Diet. (laughs)
2: <laughs> where he only
1: ate basically junk food. It was uh, like Twinkies, Little Debbie Snacks, uh, Doritos, sugary cereals, Oreos. His logic behind it, it was, you can eat whatever you want as long as you limit your calorie intake. Oh boy, how'd that go? <laughs> it actually seemed to work. He lost 27 pounds and his bad cholesterol dropped and his good cholesterol went up. But he kind of cheated because he was also eating vegetables and doing uh, protein shakes too. <laughs> so, um, and
0: also, wait, like, how is that the Twinkie yeah. diet?
2: <laughs> yeah, what what was he replacing with Twinkies then?
1: Uh, yeah, he, so two thirds of his diet was junk food. Oh,
2: okay. okay.
1: And then he uh, said he typically ate like a a can of green beans. Or um, celery and then a protein shake and a multivitamin. So
0: this is the oh, junk food um, won't kill you
1: diet. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And, um, we knew and that. it was also yeah. weird because he uh, was like hiding it from his family. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> what? Because he didn't want his kids to see him eating junk food. So he just like instead, like, eat a can of green beans in front of his kids, and then I just like go to the basement and go to town. (laughs) Um, even though he lost weight, he's like, I don't really think it was like I wouldn't call it a success
0: because the shame was seemed like this
1: weird experiment. He's like, you know, it wasn't a success, it wasn't a failure, it's a very bizarre thing. Uh, at the end of it, he said, I wish I could say the outcomes are healthy, I wish I could say it's healthy, I'm not confident in doing that. So the other diet contrasting that is uh from 1974 <laughs> there was this uh health food enthusiast named basil brown <laughs> basil who was believed in the uh, power of carrots
2: of course he mm-hmm. did
1: and he had a diet where you drink a gallon of carrot juice a day
2: ah uh, um, did he turn orange yes he did,
1: and after 10 days on the diet, he died of vitamin A
2: poisoning. Oh, my Holy God. Well, of Jesus. course you
0: would. I mean, it's... All right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you're saying too much of one single thing in a concentrated time is not good for you? <laughs> yes. Uh, he had 70 million
1: units of vitamin A in that 10-day span. Yes,
3: yes. Wow.
0: His skin
1: turned yellow, and the uh, pathologist who performed the autopsy, Dr. David Haler, said... Um, the effect of the vitamin A on his body from this diet was indistinguishable from alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, because because vitamin A is one of the few fat-soluble vitamins, and so it does accrete, and it gets higher and higher and higher. It doesn't wash out of you like, let's say, vitamin C. So, yeah, he was basically increasing his, his liver's inability to metabolize all this stuff. Uh, yeah, and that's why it looks like alcoholism.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um,
3: See, if you'd just done this with celery, he uh, would have been fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> or Twinkies. Or Twinkies. Well, the
0: celery is a different problem, but whatever. <laughs> it's actually the opposite problem. It just washes you out. And there's actually fewer calories. Celery is one of the few negative calorie foods. It takes more calories to digest celery than celery actually provides.
2: Is that why I don't like celery? <laughs> <laughs> no there are perfectly other good reasons to hate celery so, <laughs> to day, I can't
3: figure out why anyone would drink celery soda it just confuses oh, the crap out of me oh. yeah. it's a big thing at diners so uh, at uh, delis
1: my, yeah. Oh, yeah my mom uh, so the first time she went to Cantor's with me after I moved to LA she was so excited to see they had celery soda mm-hmm. and she ordered one and I tasted it and it was <laughs> it tastes exactly how you think uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it yep. Like sweet celery, which is not oh, a great it's so confusing not a... combination.
2: Oh God! So in in bringing these up on uh, No Diet National No Diet Day or International No Diet Day, International
1: in, No Diet Day, International,
2: International no, 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 Diet no Diet Day. Day. Uh, th- what you're saying is that uh, tomorrow <laughs> we should all try these episodes, these these diets. Yes, we should. <laughs> if so, tr- pick one and do it for yes. <laughs> you know. 48 hours and let us know how you feel afterwards. Oh
3: See, God. this is a really interesting fact about myself. Like, after I watched Super Size Me, I wanted a Big Mac. And now after <laughs> listening to the the carrot diet, I have carrots in the fridge. and They seem really appealing right now. Ugh,
2: no, I'm like nauseated. I can't even. Th- uh, yeah, no, none of See, these Don, things sound need, appealing.
1: What you need to do is you need to get the carrot juice and the Twinkies <laughs> and dunk the Twinkies and oh, the carrot juice. Oh. And wash it down with
2: a nice celery soda.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh
3: god! I actually like just, carrot juice.
2: <laughs> ooh, I'll pick I it up can't. from uh, Trader
3: Joe's every once in a while. I like it.
2: Um, I, I there are times when it is fine, but the idea of drinking a gallon of it in in any amount of time is just nauseating. No, I, I a buy one of the a day.
3: <laughs> I buy one of the small oh. ones and I water it down while
2: I drink it. But so is there um, now? Are could we you tracking- juice a Twinkie?
3: I mean, is technically the cream in a Twinkie the juice? you just like squeeze it out and uh, serve yourself with I think of there are
2: better Twinkie dietary sources of cream. Yeah, the f- f- yeah. protein sources of cream. <laughs>
1: a fun fact about the the cream filling in a Twinkie, this was part of the uh, thing that got eaten before World War II, Twinkie's cream was banana flavored. Yeah. <gasps> but when they started rationing bananas during World War II, um, they changed the cream to just I guess sugar Sugar flavored, flavored. (laughs) (laughs) original (laughs) flavor.
3: And I think, if I recall correctly, there's more to that story. It's like they was flavored like the original type of banana that died out in that time period.
1: Yes, their bananas used to taste like bananas. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Uh, the other banana, the artificial banana candy flavor that doesn't taste like bananas, is what bananas used to taste like because they formulated that flavor to taste like the original bananas. What like they the had actual, then. but bana- Yeah, what they had then.
2: Which is a very weird, it's almost like a relic. It's like our only way of remembering.
1: Well, and the <laughs>
2: bananas
3: we eat now are in the same boat. They're all functionally clones. So yeah. if some like really industrious parasite gets loose, we could wipe out that entire crop in a couple months.
2: Kind of like COVID-19. <sighs> well, that's what that's June. May is... Uh... Uh,
1: murder hornet month. June is banana <laughs> <parasite> month.
0: <laughs> you know, I feel woefully uneducated about the murder hornets and I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah.
2: I saw a meme about it and I just, I blinked twice and then moved along. Exactly.
1: There's uh there's no tip this week. The tip for the week is eat whatever the hell you want. <laughs> if you're oh. listening on Wednesday, May 6th, I was going is- to ask,
2: <laughs> Have we cracked the diet nut? Like if we somehow combine the carrot diet and the junk food <laughs> diet, like is there a, is there a perfect version of this that hasn't been tested yet?
1: I mean, I think it's eating a balanced diet of <laughs> foods that are both healthy and not healthy. Carrots? <laughs> Twinkies, fresh baked bread when our powers
3: combine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I
1: think the way of saying,
3: I I think the
0: euphemism of balanced and healthy and not healthy, I think that's called eat what you want. You'll be okay.
1: Yes, that's the tip. Eat what you want. (laughs) I will say that, uh,
2: especially on Wednesday, no diet day, including bread. I will say that my diet changed
3: a lot during those first few weeks because of just the upped carb level. Because yeah. pasta was there, bread was there, I was baking it at the time. Um, the thing that made. That's where all the
1: pasta and bread went.
3: <laughs> the thing that actually made me feel better, not just psychologically, but physically, was not taking anything out of my diet. It was just making the conscious effort to go out. They reopened some of the farmers markets here under sort of safe uh, guidelines. And I stocked up on vegetables and I added stuff to what I was eating. I yeah, didn't exactly. delete anything, I yeah. added in more fresh vegetables. And started feeling way better about the world.
0: The thing that people find deeply suspicious and upsetting about "eat what you want" is people assume that they're going to want to eat crap twenty four seven all the time. I think if you tried that, you'd get bored faster than you realize. Oh yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I'm when I'm doing a low carb thing and prepping for the holidays, the the salad is the thing I crave. Yeah. Like I so look forward to that salad at the end of the day.
2: Yeah,
0: or if you've ever been to some you know Eastern European countries or some places where salads and greens aren't available, all you know, you're like amazed how much you crave. Oh my god, I can have I can have green beans. Oh my god, lettuce. Oh yeah, or tomatoes. Oh my god, and and even the junkiest junk food junkie gets to be missing things they don't have that you know that they generally like.
3: I am not a vegetarian by any stretch of the imagination, but after five days in Texas, we're (laughs) having barbecue (laughs) like (laughs) every day. (laughs) holy crap like we we actually had to go through the effort of finding a restaurant that served vegetables we found a pf chang's yeah we drove out there and it was an entire table of voracious meat eaters ordering all vegetarian dishes (laughs) the closer to the pig the
0: closer to god
3: yeah (laughs) and we were crushed we couldn't find anything raw it was all like cooked stuff
2: i just want to give a quick shout out when don mentioned pasta it reminded me that last night uh max and julia made um Ricotta and walnut ravioli from scratch Delicious. at home, and it Ooh. was unfreaking believable. Send it over was that so tasty. Ask
3: her to send that recipe because I'm I am going to try my hand at making fresh pasta sometime over the next couple of days. I will and do that. I've never done it, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah,
2: you you might need they. I think they had a there's a particular piece of machinery that you need to make it. But yeah, like you. It yeah, oh, it was so good. So good.
3: I feel like I missed an opportunity by not quarantining with you people. <laughs>
2: you
3: <know? laughs> like the dishes and I, the
2: food and the baked goods. We ha- yes, we're regretting all of our life choices of who we're <laughs> living with right now. Or in my case, not. But <laughs> Yay. So
3: congratulations, listener. You have made it to the end of yet another big fat gay post episode gay post <laughs> Ooh, hold on I got
2: post gay post
1: gay pasta I got to pump up to do the thing <laughs> go Trevor go go Trevor go and okay go 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 well since you made it to the end you get the lovely reward of looking at us on social media we're on Twitter and Instagram as at big fat gay pod we're on Facebook as the big fat gay podcast our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com you can see the links to all the stuff we talked about uh, today there. Leave us a five-star review on Apple uh, iTunes or
2: Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Facebook.
1: Maybe you're uh, (laughs) listening in the car. Maybe you're going to get some more flour to make bread.
2: Karen. Karen White (laughs) is behind you. (laughs) Karen.
1: (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) No, Lizzo's
2: behind you. No, Lizzo's behind you and she has a vegan chicken sandwich.
1: A fresh-made vegan chicken sandwich. And she's going to give it a little kiss and then give it to you. (laughs) And it's going to be delicious.
3: And then Karen White's going to knock it out of your hands. Yeah, watch out. (laughs)